Welcome to Short Course, episode 41, for November 9th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. Coming out of nationals, there are a couple of things that are already starting to bubble to the surface that I'm starting to notice in my shooting, both at that match and at the Sir Walter Club match that I shot this past weekend, where I had a chance to address some of those issues or some of the issues reared their head. And that's what I wanted to, to address this week on the podcast. So, the first issue that was really glaringly obvious to me from Nationals was just the the number of points shot, the number of, of points I dropped. And the the way you typically measure this is just percentage of points available versus what you got. So if it's a 12-round stage and there are 60 points available, then if you shoot three Charlies in minor, then you got 54 points, which is 90% of the points available. So a quarter of the shots were Charlie's that works out to 90% of points, that kind of idea. Ideally, the the zone I like to be in is low 90s, 92, 93% is generally speaking a, a good stage. I, I'm, I'm happy with that and, and a good result across an entire match. So the high level total at nationals for me was 87% of points shot, which is significantly lower than I'd like. But what was really particularly strange, I guess, about nationals is that it was not that 87% average is not really representative. I mean, mathematically, yes, they all add up. But for example, across the 21 stages of nationals, on four of them, I shot 80% of points. So that's just terrible. That That's that's unacceptably low. And that's, for example, one of the stages, stage nine at nationals, uh, it was a 32-round stage, and I shot 17 alphas, 14 charlies, and a delta. So basically, only about half the shots were alphas. And so that, that worked out to 80% of points shot. But to contrast with that, there were nine stages where I shot 90% or above points. There were three stages where I shot 95%. So it wasn't that I really shot a lot of stages around 87%. I just had a really wide swing. I don't exactly have the the all the reasons for that pinned down just yet. I think the main one is just complacency. I'd gotten used to seeing a certain amount of sight picture and getting a certain hit and uh, just through complacency I just I wasn't I wasn't aiming enough. I thought I had enough of a sight picture and, and it, it wasn't there. So that's that's something to to work on. And that was something that I knew was going to be more of a a focus task. It was going to be a, a mindset and visualizing the sight pictures and making sure to put an emphasis in the walkthrough on, on getting enough points and not just trying to sort of execute techniques. When I when I visualized a lot of the stages at Nationals, there were a lot of sections where it was either tricky positions, so I was visualizing hitting a particular spot or shooting on the move and moving at the right pace or drawing to the right target sequence. It was a lot of shooting 10-round arrays in my stage plan, so I had to make sure to pick the right the right five targets if it was all paper, because there might be more than that visible. So there was a lot of target sequencing and technical detail like that that tended to, to crowd out the emphasis on accuracy and, and just just putting that into the stage plan and just remembering to make it a priority. And so on those stages where I, you know, like stage nine, I went to all the spots and shot at roughly the speed I expected to shoot. And so that was all well and good and, and went exactly the way I planned it. But I was I was shooting more at a predetermined pace than really 
giving the sites enough respect and, and giving them just the extra tiny little sliver of time to let the site settle or line up or let your eyes focus on the on the blade and and actually see what you need to see to get an alpha and not just slinging at cardboard. So going into the Sir Walter Gun Club club match this past weekend, which is our local, I mean, it's my home range. It's half an hour from where I live and it's a, it's a pretty big club match. There's usually over hundred competitors, eight stages. It's uh it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's halfway to a, to a level two every month. So it's, it's nothing to sneeze at. And I, I just, I went in knowing that this was something I could do if I chose to, and I just needed to put that back in my planning. And, and I did it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like this is something that's going to take a long time of training. It was just a decision that I had to make to incorporate a focus on that and, and make it happen. So at Sir Walter this past weekend across the entire match, I, I shot an average of 93% points and every stage except one was 92% or above the one stage that was below that. I, I just, I had a Delta on a swinger and I, I skipped around off a barrel and took a mic on that, and that dropped me down to 87%. But that averaged out with the other stages where I had a, a 98%. The first stage of the day, I was really focusing a lot on this, and it was a 22-round stage, and I shot it with one Charlie, which I was, in terms of sort of getting back in the saddle and and proving that I can do it, and that was with two drop turners and some Nothing was a particularly long distance, but a little bit of shooting on the move, a little bit of, of complex target engagements. So to to shoot that down one Charlie and kind of prove to myself, yeah, you, you can do this. It's not something you need to train. You just have to make the decision to do it. Uh, that was gratifying. So that's something that, that I'll be taking forward into, into stages. The second thing, which is more of a, a medium-term thing that I kind of had some hints about coming out of nationals and this was confirmed at the the Sir Walter match is just that my visualization of complex engagement orders has just gotten a little bit rusty. So at nationals, there's one stage in particular that just, just watching the video is almost painful. I had this, this plan where I split this array and, and from the last position, there were 12 shots available and I took one of the targets from somewhere else on the stage and I had to, it was this wide open field and you had all these, these individual targets spaced out around it. And I got to that last position. I, I, so I, this is actually a visualization issue with changing my plan, but basically I'd visualized kind of two different engagement orders and I ended up skipping a target and got to the end and I expected to be out of rounds and I wasn't. And so I had to hunt back through and you can see me kind of searching around with my gun, like, which target didn't I shoot? Okay, I think it's that one. Okay, now the gun's empty. I guess I'm done. And so the the points shot on that stage were okay, but the the raw time just was terrible. And that was just, the the visualization wasn't there. The, the detail on on stages like that where knowing which targets to skip and, and executing that that type of plan, especially in a low-cap division where sometimes you have to, to slice a raise up like that. What was interesting is the exact same thing happened at the Sir Walter match. So there was a, a stage, it was a 32 round stage, but basically you had six rounds all the way to the left, six rounds all the way to the right. And then in the middle, there were 20 rounds. I, you could, from each of the two middle-ish positions, you could see more than 10 rounds. 
but I, I split it up in a way where from one position I shot 10, reloaded, moved to the next position and shot 10, but both arrays involved skipping targets. And pretty much exactly the same thing happened. Although there it was, it was a little bit different in that I executed my plan, but I got to the end and my gun wasn't locked back. And I thought that I had missed a target because honestly, the, the, the only way I can describe it is I felt like I shouldn't have been done yet. I felt like there was more shooting I was supposed to have done at that, at that position, but the steel was, they were big, they were easy. And so I just kind of breezed through them. And then I shot the last paper and I was like, am I done already? No, that can't be right. So I went looking for another target, shot the last round in the gun, the gun locked back. And I realized, okay, no, you just, you just planned this one wrong. So that is the the value of, of having that happen at the, at the club match this past weekend was kind of revealing, okay, this is actually a trend probably just because honestly, I haven't been shooting that many club matches. Typically during the height of the, the match season, I've been trying to shoot at least two USPSA club matches every month, but in September and October, just the way it worked out with the scheduling of nationals and the one of the matches that I regularly go to, not being able to run matches because the, the range is shut down. That was uh that was the only match. I haven't been going to, to a lot of club matches, so I've I basically have just gotten rusty. That's just a skill that I let lapse and again got complacent about. I'm I'm used to just being able to just do a certain amount of visualization and and it just works. And so this is now a pattern. This has happened twice now. The the reason this is relevant is two weeks from now is, or I guess one week as I record this, very shortly, I've got one weekend to shoot, and then the weekend after this is going to be the rescheduled North Carolina section match. Yes, it's going to be a smaller scale back affair, but I'd still like to do well. I I am technically the defending North Carolina state production champion, so it, you know it'd be cool to to do well at the match and and be able to defend the title and all that. That that match still means something to me, and so I'm trying to get things back together in time to to shoot that. And so having identified this weakness, I actually just called a little bit of an audible, and I was planning to go to the range and just practice this week. But between the issue I just mentioned about making sure to focus on shooting points in my stage planning and also this issue about making sure to visualize complex engagement orders and skipping the right targets. I thought it's probably better to, to get an extra club match in and, and practice the match skills of visualizing and executing stages more so than the technical skill building, because there's only so much better that I can get at technical, you know, in technical skill building, there's only so much I can do in, in a weekend. And so spending that weekend going to a, a club match this weekend especially the club match that I haven't been to in a long time. It's not very far away. It's just, it's further than all the others. And so I don't tend to get out there very much. I, I made that decision and, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun to go to a different club, see, see a different crowd and, and get to shoot different flavor of stages. But that's a part of addressing these two issues that, that I've already identified both coming out of nationals and then, and then somewhat confirmed at, at this last club match. And then the, the third thing that I noticed coming out of nationals and the, the, these three things aren't, all that I've found, but these are kind of the three that, that have jumped out at me so far is just strong in weekend shooting. And they are, they're not bad. My, my strong and my weekend aren't bad. They're just slow. And that's because with all of the changes to my grip and trigger pull that I've been making this year, like I've talked about on, on previous episodes of the podcast, I just have not really been practicing those elements isolated. And the good news is I know 
what to do. I, I know the technique. I know how to grip the gun. Everything that I've been applying to my freestyle grip applies exactly equally to the, the strong and the weak hand stuff. I know what to do. It's just completely 100% conscious still. Every time I, I have the gun in one hand, I have to I have to consciously think about how I'm gripping it, where I'm applying pressure, how I'm pulling the trigger. And particularly on the weekend at nationals, if you've, if you've watched my nationals match video, the weekend is, it's accurate relatively, but it's painfully slow because I'm very, very consciously exerting grip pressure and then very, very consciously pulling the trigger, just trying with all my might not to just tense up my whole hand and, and jerk the shot low left. Because as I've been working this year on my general freestyle technique, I just, I haven't been working on, on strong and weak. And so I know what to do, but the, the shooting with it is, is very slow and very conscious. So at nationals, the, the way that showed up, like I said, was very deliberate, especially on the weekend, very deliberate uh, manipulation and trigger pulling. Surprisingly, the strong hand actually went pretty well. And I, I think that mostly makes sense because shooting stronghand only is pretty much doing the same stuff as shooting freestyle just without the weekend to help mitigate the recoil. So all the freestyle practice that I've been doing with changing changing my grip and trigger pull transferred over there, where with the weekend, I'm going to have to put in the reps to make that subconscious again, which I just, I haven't done this year because there were, there were other higher priorities. Getting, getting the freestyle grip squared away was, was the priority. And now that I have a little bit of confirmation about that, it's time to go back and, and work on the, the weekend. So, and that's honestly very motivating knowing that there's a clear avenue to improve, a clear place to put in work and see results and an identified weakness. And I know the path forward. I just need to put in the work to do it. That's that's pretty motivating. So, uh, strong and weekend will definitely be a focus coming out of the coming out of the off season once my training picks back up again, whenever that ends up being. And so I'm I'm pretty motivated about that. But like I said, there there is some some good encouraging news on the horizon. So the classifier at this club match that I just shot this past weekend was six chickens, which is this classifier where you have six targets that are partialed, but you, I mean, you have like 75, 80% of the A zone, but they're, they're partialed along note around no shoots. And there's, there's six paper and it's just facing down range. Hands are laxed. I think draw one on each paper, reload one on each paper, strong Virginia count. So no makeups, no stacking. And I shot it calmly. I shot it all alphas and the run wasn't incredibly slow. It was a 91% under the new hit factors, which for being, for testing a weakness that I haven't really been working on, like stronghand to be able to shoot a 91% stronghand classifier, that, that tells me I'm on the right track. And it's now just a matter of putting in the reps to make it more subconscious, more automatic, and just faster. And so that'll definitely be something to, to work on that. Like I said, I saw, gathered some data about that at nationals and, and then saw some encouraging further information about that from, from this club match. And like I said, the the focus on a lot of this is the fact that the, the North Carolina state match is coming up in a in a week from here. It'll be so you know it'll be a little bit smaller match. It's it's just going to be a, a level one match. It'll there'll be state titles, but it, it won't be a level two. And for the record, I completely stand by everything that I said on on episode thirty four about based on the information that we had at the time about a category four coming 
straight up the middle of of the state that canceling the match on that weekend was was the right thing to do. I feel like implicit in that was canceling and rescheduling, but obviously there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of discussion about that in the area and on Facebook and everything about that since then, and, and I don't really want to get into all that. But not running the match that weekend, based on the expected weather forecast, I, I think was was the right call. By contrast, and if if you want some data to go with this, look on YouTube, find some find some videos of the the twenty fifteen North Carolina section. Something similar, not a hurricane, but something very similar happened where the Friday that the staff was shooting, and then almost all of Saturday when most of the competitors were shooting. It, it was just raining. And so it was just this constant drizzle downpour. We had some easy ups. The ROs uh, on Saturday, you know, we had our rain gear on and we got wet and we didn't really care. But, you know, we were competitors were holding umbrellas for each other and, and trying to stay dry. And the conditions were getting pretty unsafe. And it just it wasn't a great test of the competitors. Now, that was a different situation. It was at a, a different club where there was less flexibility to, to cancel and reschedule. And so that that match just went on as it was, but certainly that I'm sure that was in the mix of, of the opinions in the, in the decision to, to cancel this match. But the, what's happened since the cancellation and the, the, the way the messaging around it and the, like I said, the discussion on social media that I really don't even want to get into has resulted in the voluntary resignation of the, the current North Carolina section coordinator and after that was announced, I was talking to Stephanie, my wife, about what the section coordinator job actually entailed, what what the actual requirements were, why, you know, who who would actually be able, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, who who would actually be able to step up and and take the role and is it, you know, with all the all the drama that that gets attracted to it, is it worth it? And and as we were actually talking about it, especially in as a, from a historical perspective, you know, what the section coordinator did when I got into the sport in 2013 and, and over the years since then. And, you know, really it is much more of a coordination role, a logistical role, a financial role. So communicating when people have questions, linking them up with someone who has answers, when someone needs resources, hooking them up with someone who has those resources, and then just whatever cash flow the section has, which honestly isn't that much. It, it sounds like uh, just keeping track of it and, and managing it. And as we were talking about this, she kind of started, I could tell she, she'd gotten an idea. And, and so she talked about, you know, she's got the background, especially with the finance and logistics. And so she decided that, that she was going to volunteer to, to step up and, and become the new section coordinator if the executive committee of the section voted her in. And so she, she put her name forward and this past week they did in fact vote her in. So the new North Carolina section coordinator, effective December 1st, when the resignation of the current section coordinator becomes effective, the new North Carolina section coordinator will be Stephanie Berry. I couldn't be more proud. It was her idea. She she wanted to do it. I, I didn't prod her at all. I didn't suggest that she do it. And, and I'm not even involved with any of the discussions or calls that, that she's having or any of the decisions she's making. I'm just I'm worried about keeping this podcast going and keeping my training and you know keeping my gear set up and and ready for the the rescheduled section match which is it's being run by one of the the local clubs around here 
the way section matches usually used to be. You know, it used to be that all the match directors would get around in a room and and someone would volunteer to to run the section match the next year, and then it'd be their ball game, and they'd they'd run it, they'd register everybody, and handle all the finances, and and you know the section was just was just a coordination role, and and so that's kind of how this year has has defaulted back to. Obviously, it's not the the greatest. Um, set of circumstances that's brought us here, but I think things are looking up. I think things things will be getting better here soon, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. If you want to get in touch, my email is podcast at barryshooting.com. I post my match videos at youtube.com slash benberryuspsa. Talk to you next time.